Welcome to Radio MVP, episode number 32 of the Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Contenesa, and joining me today, of course, is Anthony Kepley and Matt Emch, as we have a full house going on, and uh, we're going to have a lot to discuss. It's been about a couple weeks, maybe a little bit longer since we lasted a podcast. Everybody knows our schedules right now are tough to uh, synchronize. Uh, I have basketball and work and family issues, and same with uh, Anthony. He has some work issues and, and doing other things. And Matt just finished up, I think, the uh, the radio show. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that too, Matt. And so we're just happy to be all together here on this uh, on this uh, Wednesday evening. I couldn't even remember what day of the week was there for a second. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what? We, there's a lot to get to, and. Uh, Let's just uh, dive right into it. Obviously, I'm going to let Anthony uh, start us off here because uh, he's passionate about this. And uh, th- it came to no surprise to any uh, Indian fan over the last uh, few years. It's been pretty much known that Chief Wahoo was going to go away one day soon. And it happened to be announced uh, just about a week or so ago. And uh, 2018 is the last year of Chief Wahoo as a logo for the Cleveland Indians. And uh, my good friend and partner here, uh, Anthony, very passionate about Chief yeah. Wahoo. So uh, let me give you the floor, and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, obviously it's uh, very personal to me being a diehard Indians fan, as everybody knows. Uh, I bleed Chief Wahoo red, white, and blue. Uh, so it's not a surprise to me uh, because you – you knew it was coming with the increased protests and the increased talks that Dolans have had with Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. Um, my personal opinion, I don't believe it's racist in any way. I don't believe it. it is not intended to or to cause harm or to make fun of anyone. Um, you know, but I can understand why you want to – move away from it. Uh, they've started to gradually, uh, the past couple of years, the block C more prevalent, much I hate that letter. Um, you know, I, I grew up with the Chief Wahoo as, as my logo, and uh, Chief Wahoo to me doesn't symbolize racism, it doesn't symbolize hate or uh, any derogatory remarks or um, symbolic gestures to me it symbolizes the 1990s and the numerous comebacks uh jim tomey hitting moonshots on the eagle avenue or Vascal dazzling with his glove and turning double plays um my buddy jose mesa putting us on the edge of our seats but at the end of the day getting the job done it means two world series appearances and losing in excruciating fashion um so I'm disappointed to see Wahoo go away. Um, but at the end of the day, if Corey Kluber's on the mound in October in game seven of the ALCS, I don't give a crap if he's wearing pink and purple polka dotted slider costumes. If we win, that's all that matters. So, you know, it's it's a shame Chief Wahoo's going away after this year off the uniforms. Um but you had to expect it was coming. So it's not its not like a big shock. Um, you know, it's more sentimental to get over. But at the end of the day, let's just win, baby. Like Al Davis said, let's just win, baby. So 
Uh, those are my thoughts on Chief Wahoo. Um, I'll be sad when he's not in the uniform anymore, but I mean, I'm still not going to, I'm not going to stop following over. I'm not going to, you know, let's just win. Let's just win. So. Matt, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously there's been a lot of uh, anger on both sides. Uh, we live in a, in a time of, you know, political correctness, so to speak. And everybody is, I think overly sensitive objects. Uh, I agree with Anthony. I don't think, you know, there is any malice or, or intent to uh, have prejudice or racism with, with the caricature. Um, you know, we have had, you know, the issue of our Native American brethren being upset about, you know, the, the Washington Redskins logo for years. And you got to wonder, is that the next next one that, that takes a shot from it? Uh, you know, as long as Daniel Snyder is the owner, I, I, he said he'll never get rid of it. But, um, you know, it just seems like you have enough people out there that disagree with it. It's negative press for a professional team and they depend on their livelihood of, you know, keeping their fans happy and into, you know, their team. I uh, personally think, you know, the, the chief forever, I cannot imagine the Indians without that logo on a hat and, and, uh, you know, anything else Cleveland Indian connected. But looking at the other side of things, I do get what some people are upset about. I do understand, you know, the people that are protesting and that, that are actually Native American and of that heritage. I, I have been really trying to understand that point of view. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's sad to see it go. But it is what it is. It's going. And, um, you know, I have one question, though, for you guys. Uh, I, I've been aware of Chief Wahoo going away. Are they changing their name as well from Cleveland Indians or are they staying the Indians? They're staying the Cleveland Indians. They're just doing away with the logo of the character of uh, Chief Wahoo, who has actually had like two or three different type of uh, mm -hmm. looks throughout yeah. the uh, history of the uh, the logo. Uh, it started in 1947, my understandings, and it will run through 2018. So uh, when you look at it, it's, you know, 70 plus years of a, of, a, of a logo for a team that has, you know, dates back to the beginning of the American League. So, I mean, there was obviously a period prior, you know, from 1902 or 1903, whatever, 1901, I think the – American League began up until 1946. They never did have a logo. They just had the C, the block C, and stuff like that. So, I mean, teams go through changes. I'll say this. Uh, this has been an effort for the Indians organization going back to the days of Jacobsfield opening. Uh, if you remember uh, going back to the days of the old municipal stadium when they were still there, they had the, the last – uh, change of the logo prior to coming to Jacob Field, they had the swinging bat uh, uh, Chief Wahoo in in the middle of a baseball type thing, and, and it was it was a great logo back in the day, you mm -hmm. know, in the seventies and that in the eighties, and uh, 
and then it came more just the the face of uh, Chief Wahoo that we've seen on the Indians' hats and on the sleeves the last uh, few years. My thought, you know, when they moved over to Jacobsville, they went to the Script Indians, which I absolutely love. I, I think too. that is their uh, logo, in my opinion, and has been their primary logo for the last 20, 25 years. And Chief Wahoo has been diminished over that time period. Now, he still had a prominent part of the Indians' or uh, uniform, obviously being on the, on the baseball cap and also on the sleeve. And we've seen the Indians try... I want to say about seven, eight years ago to try to get away from Chief Wahoo when they went to the script I, when they had the sleeveless uniforms, which I actually hated those uniforms. It's all passion. I thought they were just looked like pajamas. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the script I just didn't make a lot of sense to me and I, and it didn't sell well. And I don't think, I think the Indians, that's why they dropped that right away. and went back to Chief Wahoo and they brought in the block C after that. And you can see the Indians moving away. Look, it had to happen. Everything has a timeline in life. We all have timelines in our own lives. And even as a logo, it's gonna, it's not going to be everlasting. And that's the way I looked at it. And is it racist? I can understand that point of view. I don't think it makes you or I or any Indian fan racist for buying the hat, supporting the team, and being an Indian fan. Uh, I definitely understand the point of view where someone may say, you know, that is supposed to represent uh, Native Americans and it has no bearing on what Native Americans are. And I, and I, and I can accept that. And I accept that fully. Look, we've seen, uh, you know, two years ago, the Indians make the, the ALCS against Toronto and their court system happened to deal with it up in Canada. And they have different laws than we do here. And, you know, they have... You know, obviously it was struck down and said the Indians could wear the hat and all that and the emblem. But you could see then that the days were numbered uh, for Chief Wahoo. And I have no problem with it. I'm, I'm actually thrilled that it's going away. In my opinion, it, it, you know, they made the right decision. It took a while to get there. Uh, I think the Dolans were very sensitive to this idea from the very beginning. And they wanted to figure out the best way to do it. And having Major League Baseball kind of lead the way takes the pressures off the Dolans for making the change and saying it was a joint effort between the the, the ball club and Major League Baseball to make this move. And I think it's a good thing. Uh, look, everything has a time, a time and a period and a place in history. And Chief Wah, who will always be part of the Cleveland Indians history, but to move forward without it, and possibly uh, find a new logo in the future that's more baseball-oriented, I have no problem with it. Or more uh, Cleveland-oriented, I absolutely love that idea. I think those are good things because, you know, this, like we mentioned before, uh, this ball club goes dates back to, like, 1901, the beginning of the American League. You know, one time they were the Cleveland Naps. One time they were the Cleveland Spiders, you know, in the National League. So it goes way back. So, uh Things happen. Things change. I'm happy. I actually, you know, thought this was going to come soon. I didn't know exactly when. I've been hearing rumors over it the last couple of years, and I think what happened in Toronto expedited it, especially with the Indians now being contenders for a World Series, and to be able to go out and flash, and the Indians organization be able to hold on to his trademark is is all important things that had to be negotiated, and uh, I'm happy. 
for the city of Cleveland, for those who are offended for it and those who love the Indians, because I still say to me, uh, the script Indians has always been my favorite uh, logo of the Cleveland Indians. I just love that look across the chest. And, uh, you know, I, the block C is not my favorite. I agree with you, Anthony. I can live with it. Mm-hmm. It's not the best. Uh, I think the 70s C uh, that had kind of a uh, – yep. I'm not sure what type of font you would call that. Um, that uh, was is a more attractive uh, logo, but you know, time will call. I've seen someone create one where there is a feather in the sea, which is a really cool look. I don't know. I like that. You know, yeah. if they can actually get, I don't know if they can actually get that and trademark it and be their own, because probably somebody else has already, uh, you know, has a trademark on it and they're not going to pay for it. You know how that works and. In, in sports, but anything's possible. You got to remember, Chief Wahoo came about because of a contest. Uh, yep. Bill Veck wanted a new logo, and he had a contest, and uh, that's how Chief Wahoo was invented. You know, somebody uh, sent it into the uh, plane dealer, and it was selected, you know, as the winner. And, you know, and that happens a lot in sports, and you never know, it may happen again. But, uh, I, again, I'm kind of on the fence more that – I guess I came to realization in the last four to five years and in the last 25 years that it was going to go away. So I was more prepared for it. I didn't find it offensive that the, the idiots made this move. I thought it was progressive and needed to be happened. And I'm thrilled that, you know, they're, they're moving forward. Look, it's good to have one last run. Let's see if they can get to win another world series with it this year. And, and we'll, we'll be talking baseball here in a week because pitchers and catchers yes. report. That's yeah, phenomenal. Exactly what I was just <laughs> going to say, Tim, run from it, go for it. Let's get a, a world series. The last year I have in Wahoo. I, I love it. I hope they could do that. I, you know, it's, it's what's fun about baseball. In my opinion, it, you know, spring training, you know, for me here you know, over the years, you look outside, it's snowing and, you know, we got that four or five inches today and all that, you know, that snowy, crappy weather that we got to deal with. And all of a sudden, you, you hear about uh, the Indians pitchers and catchers report in Arizona. You see on TV on the reports and on STO and everything else. And it starts gets you thinking about spring. And, yep. you know, the next eight weeks are not that far away. You know, and, and they come quickly. And then when they start playing the exhibition games here in about three weeks, it just makes it go even much faster. So, it's you know... To me, it's just a uh, an, a way to uh, move the year along. So I'm excited about just baseball being back here in, a, in within the next week. Yeah, it's going to be great to have baseball back uh, exactly a week from today. Uh, pitchers and catchers report, and then 16 days from now, uh, who says I'm not counting down uh, the Cactus League opener, which is a big one. We got to start off one on this meaningful league against the Cincinnati Reds. That's right, Reds. Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. There it is. Our stable mates. There we go. Our stable mates in the I think in, that's uh, cool. Arizona. Exactly. So yeah, it's, hey, uh, it's gonna be nice to have baseball back. Period. I mean, it, it will be. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But as we get ready to say hello to baseball, we get to say goodbye to one of our finest times of the year that goes through the fall and into the winter, and that's the NFL and football in general. Matt and I. Had a great season together. Uh, our first year we were on Z104. 
doing high school football. And that I hate saying that. It seems like forever ago, Matt. Mm-hmm. And I know it was only in November, but boy, it seems it was a year ago already. Yeah. Yeah, it went really fast. And uh it's it's you know always sad for your football diehards when the Super Bowl's over because you know now with the Pro Bowl being the week before the Super Bowl, that's it. It used to be Super Bowl, then at least you had the Pro Bowl to look forward to. Well, that's it. It's over. So the only thing we can basically do at the moment is, you know, seeing what kids go to what colleges. Uh, I'm happy to say, you know, all those good recruits, Ohio State has been landing, uh, grabbing that number one offensive tackle in in high school. Um, But, you know, ending the year with that Super Bowl, even though my Steelers didn't make it, I loved it. It was an amazing game. One of the best, I think, in history. I was extremely pumped for the Eagles. Uh, I, I actually called a week ago on my show. I, uh, Mark and I were talking, and, and you know, we said, who do you pick? And he picked uh, the Pats, and I said, I, I'm going with my gut. I'm going with the Eagles. And, uh, man, it, it was nice to see. You know, somebody not afraid of the Patriots. And, with the Eagles, I don't believe me one bit. It, they were phenomenal. Yeah, they were great. And they, they it was, so, and, uh, you know, it, there were so many amazing plays in that game. And it'll just go down as one of the best Super Bowls, you know, in history. And you got to look at uh, Doug Peterson and the calls he made, how ballsy they were. He, did what the Atlanta Falcons did not do last year. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles played to win the game. Last year, the Falcons lost because they were playing the second half not to lose. So, um, you know, it, it was nice seeing it. It was nice seeing, you know, the Patriots go for the fake pass to Brady. He dropped it. Philly run it with Foles, and Foles caught it for a touchdown. The strip uh, for the fumble over Brady, you know, Chris Collinsworth said somebody needs to step up and make a play. That's a sign of a championship team, and they sure did. And and they held them out, and they they uh, did a great job. So uh, what a way to end the NFL season. Um, you know, very disappointed, obviously, in, in my Steelers and the way that their season ended. Um, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms with, uh, Mike Tomlin and, and uh, you know, all that situation. Uh, players aren't happy with him. You go back to last year in the AFC Championship game. They don't make any changes in their defense at the, at the half. This year, you basically are in a situation after losing. AFC Championship on the line. Instead of kicking off and, and pinning them back and, and having your defense play well, you basically hand the ball to the Jags. So uh, that's all I have to say about Pittsburgh. But, man, uh, you know, it's, uh, sad to see the season end, but, but uh, you know, finished awesome, and, and that was a great game. Oh, without a question. Oh. It was a really great game to watch. I agree with you there. You know, I'll say this. I, I was on the same page as you. We haven't talked in a while. I, I've been on the, uh, the Eagles bandwagon for a while now. Uh, I've been calling them the best team in football this year for about the last, I don't know how long, Anthony, but last 10, 10 weeks at least. Well, you and uh, I, no. Tim, had talked preseason football, how good they yeah. looked. A couple exactly. months. Exactly. So. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, you know, the last and, couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. It has definitely been that way. And I'll tell you what, um, I'm impressed with Peterson, the way he coached that team, because he made great adjustments to his offense when Wentz went down and took in Foles and went to what he did best to make this team successful offensively. And it was really what coaching is about is being able to make adjustments and not being so bullheaded that uh, you're going to run my offense, you're going to run it my way, and you're going you're to be able to perform in it uh, versus saying, okay, these are your strengths, these are your weaknesses, let's eliminate the weaknesses, let's go with your strengths, and let's make our team the best possible with you at quarterback. And you know what? I mean, they're two different quarterbacks, you know, wins and, and foals, but – they both really flourished under Peterson and what he was able to do. And on that level, I'm just utterly impressed with Peterson, the former Cleveland Brown quarterback on that long list of starters. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw that one in there, but, uh, but you know what? I give a lot of credit to him too, because his story is different. His story is unique. Uh, when he retired from football, he didn't go right into the NFL as an assistant coach or went to the collegiate level. He actually coached, became a high school football mm -hmm. coach and coached at the high school yep. football level and then got back into the, uh, you know, at the next level in the high school, the college and the pro level and really, you know, uh, took advantage of opportunities and worked his way up to this opportunity with, with Philadelphia. And I thought, you know, we've seen – uh, really just, I think, the emergence of one of the, the next generation of coaches that people are going to be talking about uh, on, a, on a high level. And, I, you know, I think the Eagles just flat out were the best team in football all year, and they went out and won this game. And uh, I have, uh, you know, I was having fun for the last, you know, playoff run, uh, really ever since Foles became the uh, new quarterback. I kept calling him the new GOAT. <laughs> you know, the greatest of all time because everyone was going, Brady's the greatest of all time. Brady's the greatest yeah. of all time. And I was calling Foles the new goat. I called Tom Tom Brady the old goat, you know. <laughs> and I was having fun with that all all, all playoffs and uh, especially in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, that old goat can still play. Holy smokes, did he have a great game. Uh, they came up short. And yeah, you know, give credit to the the Eagles defense. They came up with that one big play when they needed it. You know, I think we all had the same thought at the same time when Brady had the, you know, maybe quote unquote too much time left. And also I was like saying, I was talking, watching the game with my brother. And I said, you know, this is when this defense has to come up with the play. I says, it's either a three and out or a fumble or an interception. They have to get the turnover. They have to make the stop. If they don't, you know, you, you're going to see why this old goat is still going to get all the praises <laughs> in the world. And, uh, you know, give them credit. You know, they, you know, Graham came up and, and knocked that ball away. And, uh, wow. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Uh, you know, when they needed it the most, they came up big. And uh, as you know, in championship games, Matt, because you played them, you've seen it. Uh, you have to come up with big plays. If you don't, you're always chasing that goal line, and it's difficult to do it on every down. Yeah, that it was incredible. Um, 
I had said to my wife when they were driving off, in fact, my wife even knew, she goes, oh my God, there's too much time. It's Tom Brady. He's going to bring them right down the field. And I looked at her and I said, they need a turnover now. And then Chris Collinsworth said, somebody needs to step up and make a play. Next play, bam. Tom Brady, well, let's think about it, man. One punt, a whole Super Bowl, one punt. Tom Brady, more yards passing than any other and in a regular season or playoff Super Bowl, his arm is amazing. He looks phenomenal. He's coming back for sure. There's no question. We all know what we're going to get when we see Tom Brady, how quick his release is, how amazing it is. But, you know, starting from when Wentz went down, everybody thought Philly himself. I'll admit it. I said, there goes their season. Never missed a beat. Foles has did nothing but but prove people wrong week in and week out. And the thing I was most impressed with him was right when Brady was doing what he was doing, Foles came right back out and was throwing laser beam accurate passes left and right up the middle. He put that ball exactly where those his release was unbelievably fast and uh good for him he deserved it um i love that garrett blunt and and chris long were with the patriots last year they won the super bowl they come back this year with philly and win another one i also enjoyed the pats did not tie pittsburgh for the most super bowl wins in history <laughs> and that uh the turncoat anymore number 92 left the Steelers to go to the Patriots midseason so um, yeah, yeah what an amazing game Philly never missed a beat uh, I had spoken with you guys preseason how good they looked and I had talked with Mark about it when I started my show how impressive it seemed like Philly was already up towards the end of the regular season kind of good at the beginning just everybody else the pats were struggling then and it, they they finished it up man they did a great job it looked like minnesota might have a home game for the super bowl philly had a different idea about that and uh i i loved it i thought that was a great game and uh you, you need to look out for them next year as well because they're not going anywhere no, I think the NFC is going to be very competitive. There's no question in my mind there. And uh, Anthony, what's your thoughts on the on the uh, Sunday Super Bowl action? Well, the only thing I knew is the final score when I left work at eleven o'clock. I did. I didn't. Uh, I never yeah. got to listen to it or Unfortunately, it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you weren't able to watch it. Okay, that's, oh, that's no, all right. No, we, we yeah. were uh, we were just at work listening to the radio, and we had music on. I think she wanted to listen to and. So Brad wasn't there then, huh? Yes, we found the final score when I left work, and I called my boss, who's a big Patriots fan, to make sure he was all right. I wanted to make sure he was all right after that because uh, – And they're going to be in the hunt next year too. Oh, well, so. yeah, they will. Yeah, it's just uh, – it's it's incredible, the uh, coaching job that uh, Doug Peterson did this year. I, I mean, that team – you know, last year you saw some signs, and then uh, Wentz got hurt last year, right, where so he struggled. This season, he he got hurt. He yeah, had, he struggled a little last year. Yeah, and then he went. Well, no, this was his. This was actually his rookie season, right? No, this was. 
this is when it's his second season when he got hurt. It's his second? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you well, saw some yeah, signs he, last year. And then this year, not to mention they lost their left tackle and their starting quarterback, which is incredible. Um, it, you saw it top to bottom. They're probably more athletic than New England. And if there's a team that can give New England problems, it's a team that can knock Tom Brady off his spot and a team that does not fear him. And Pearson, right from the get-go, uh, from what I've read, just was aggressive to play calling. And uh, the best way to beat a team is at its own game. So um, uh, Philadelphia definitely did that, uh, getting a track meet with New England. So, You still there, Tim? I think we lost him again. Or he's very happy. Yeah, yep, like he's gone. Yeah, he popped out. Now, can he? I believe he can. I think he's done it before. Okay. Well, anybody well, that's done it to people now, so. <laughs> well, you know what you can always do, Anthony. You can always go and everybody else, you know, go to NFL channel and. Yeah, I you know, saw a couple of highlights and. Uh, I believe it was replayed, what, last night or this morning. Um, I thought – I was banking on a Minnesota-New England Super Bowl. I thought Minnesota was going to win two weeks ago, um, and I was proven wrong by uh, Tim's guy, Nick Foles. Um, I didn't think Foles could play two games at that caliber back-to-back, and he proved me wrong. So He's going to be doing well in the future. Yes, yes. I think he uh, – he secured himself a nice paycheck uh, starting next year if he's in Philadelphia or if, if he's starting quarterback somewhere. You know, because it, Tim, under, it's not guaranteed that Wentz is back. Well, uh, uh, you know, they're planning on, obviously, that's something Peterson doesn't want to discuss right now, yeah. just like after this. I knew that he said, I knew this question had come up. Let us just enjoy this. I don't blame him. Foles is actually under contract, I yeah. believe, till 2021. Yeah, but that doesn't mean him. right. They won't buy him out. He's a Super yeah. Bowl winning quarterback now, so more than likely he won't be a backup for longer than one no. more year. Yeah. Hey, uh, obviously, the news today is about Josh McDaniels deciding not to take the Colts job, but to return to New England to be their offensive corner and work under Bill Belichick and possibly replace him in the future. Uh, this reminds me, uh, right before Belichick took the job with New England, he was actually the head coach for the New York Giants for, or excuse me, the New York Jets for a day, and uh, the way he uh, rejected the Jets and ended up in New England. Yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously it's, I mean, it's, it's surprising when the Colts have made a statement that he's our new head coach and, you know, you're scheduling a press conference and all that. Uh, but to me, I always kind of thought that he might stay in New England, especially with the rumors at the start of the playoffs that this could be Belichick's last couple years. Uh, you don't know about Brady, uh, Gronkowski, you know. So, and then also the Patriots going to what ten straight AFC Championship games, you know. Like you said, Matt earlier, uh, that he could be the coach in waiting and to take over Belichick, uh, like. Uh, Belichick do with Parcells. And honestly, like you said, you know, you stick around for a lot better job. Uh, the New England Patriots right now, you can jump in right away, win right away. Um, you know, I guess the only thing that's that's concerning is that he backed out after he'd already given them 
uh, his word. Um, you know, I think one of two things. Uh, a, he knows Belichick's probably gone within the next three years. Um, and B, you also got to wonder about Andrew Luck's health. Uh, is he close to returning? Is he not close to returning? And, I mean, I'd rather coach Tom Brady and be the offensive coordinator for them instead of Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Nothing yet for Brissett. I think he's a good young quarterback, but I see the kind of quarterback you want to build around, and that team has a terrible defense, an offensive line that's a mess, and a running game that's not very impactful. Um, you know, so I guess the only problem I have with it is uh, w- once you give someone your words, you got to follow through with it. Um, especially, you know, he didn't sign a contract, but it's a verbal contract, a verbal agreement, and we can have a whole other podcast on business law and contract law and all the great stuff that Dr. Wright once taught me that I was told him, was telling him I paid attention to, but really I was just looking out the window. <laughs> so, well, uh, you know, I, it, it, it's an intelligent decision in my opinion. Uh, Patricia, you know, as we said, Stafford in the situation that they have defensive coaches of that defensive mindsets, I think are better suited for dealing with head coaching positions like Detroit is in right now. McDaniels, when I heard that he was possibly leaving and that it was quote unquote, a done deal, uh, Mark means had told me that I was shocked because my impression of the best scenario for Josh McDaniels would be Belichick gone two, three years, Brady gone two, three years, probably more three than two. Robert Kraft either sitting down with Josh McDaniels by himself or with Bill Belichick included saying, listen, he's, you know, he's not going to be here very much longer. We're not going to miss a beat. You could take over. You will be the next face of this coaching, you know, part of this franchise. The, the players respect him. He's done it. He's proven his medal. He will, uh, you know, being young, he's going to bring, you know, a lot to the table like when Belichick started. So, um, you know, it, it's a lot of different things. Anthony, like you said before, you know, uprooting your family is a big deal. People don't think about that, that don't understand. Pro coaches or, or college coaches, for that matter, get new jobs, man. You pull your kids out of school. You move your home. You have to, you know, learn different areas just to get around and go grocery shopping. I mean, it's a huge change in your life. So, uh, you know, it's just comfortable for him, and it, it would be silly in my opinion, for him to have taken the Colts job, I was shocked uh, when I was told he did it. But when I had heard that he was going to stay with the Pats, I, I it made perfect sense to me. And uh, he's going to be the man, you know, few years, and and it's 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 going to do much better for his future than taking over a Indianapolis Colts franchise that. Uh, is in really bad shape. And, and, you know, Andrew Luck is a good football player, but we don't know if he'll ever be the same again. So, um, and it's not just him. It's 
you know, the whole team is pretty much in disarray right now. So I, I feel for them. I understand he shouldn't have said, you know, given them the impression that he was coming so much so that they announced our next coach is Josh McDaniels. That's not right. But on the flip side, you know, I think it was, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a head coach. They sat him down and said, don't do that. Stay here. You'll be taken care of. You might win another one or two Super Bowls with me. And then we're so a smart decision on his point. And, and the Patriots will be much better off with him there instead of gone. I agree with you. I think um, from a business perspective, um, do we have him? Yeah, he's he, he's tonight. Yeah, I think from what you said, uh, from a business perspective, it's a smart move. I, I mean, uh, whenever you're thinking about switching jobs, you don't want to make a lateral move or a step down. You always want to uh, give yourself the best shot to move forward. And I'm not sure um, the Indianapolis Colts right now are a smart move, um, especially with McDaniels having young kids, not wanting up to his family. That's a tough move, uh, like we were talking about off the air. Uh, just, you know, you know, everything uh, that we're going through right now. So. Has Timbery joined us, or is he? Yeah. Hey, guys. He is. All right. Here's, here's what – I think it's a half dozen one way and half dozen the other. Obviously, if you look at the Indianapolis job, you do have two quarterbacks who mm -hmm. potentially could grow and become Super Bowl quarterbacks in Luck and Brissett. But, however – and he's worked with Brissett, so he knows what he has there. And you're talking about Andrew Luck, who's actually, you know, you're talking maybe top five quarterback in the NFL, uh, if healthy. And that's a big if. I understand. We just don't know that. All indications right now is that he's on schedule to become, you know, be able to play this season coming up. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, going back to New England, yes, he's going to be working with Bill Belichick. Yes, he's going to be working with, uh, with Brady and – Possibly Gronk, who you know may or may not return, and others, and has a great offense to work with. I will say this: that is going to be a very barren place when Bill Belichick leaves. Mm -hmm. Some of the coaching staff will leave too for other jobs, and you will not have Brady. And right now, they have Brian Hoyer as a backup, and they're going to have to find a young quarterback to groom again. Mm -hmm. They've traded away two of them. You know, if they had Jimmy G still, and he was saying he's going to be my quarterback uh, in, you know, 2019, then I think it's a great opportunity. But that's not the case. Uh, and, you know, it's putting a lot of faith that the organization is going to hold together beyond uh, Bill Belichick. And that's, that's the question. I mean, obviously, Belichick did the same thing to the Jets years ago, as everybody remember. Bill Parcells was with New England, and at the time, to take Jets' job, and Bill Browns was they, and he was signed as a head coach for a year, for the uh, and then what in his contract he would coach that season, then step to his side for Bill Parcells' coach, 
And then Parcell would step aside for Bill Belichick to take the job when he become the GM. And in the process, of course, uh, uh, Bill Belichick was able to to get out of his New England contract and head to uh, New York earlier than expected. Belichick became the D coordinator, and uh, a few years later, the you know the fallout with the Jets with Parcells happened again, and you know Parcells retired for the second time in his career, and in the process, Belichick was automatically named the next head coach under his contract. And then resigned at 24 hours later to, to take the uh, New England Patriots job, to leave the Jets hanging. So he's the only guy in history that I know was named the head coach of one team twice mm-hmm. and barely lasted a day in both times. So, yeah, you know, that, that was something else. I'll never forget that night. Uh, but man, I mean, Robert Kraft out perfect for Belichick because he did go to New England and look what they've done. But yeah. Uh, and then, and then in the same vein, look how bad it turned out for the uh, New York Jets and, uh, and, yeah. and the what's suffering what's that they've gone through ever since. So, you know, hey, you know, obviously pro sports is a, it's a blood sport. And I don't mean it just for the players and the coaching staff, but, you know, in the front offices and everything else. Uh, if you don't have a signed contract, it's not a done deal. And, you know, this is what can happen. You can talk somebody out of a, an opportunity to stay, stay here and, you know, keep the job that you have. You may become the next such and such, you know, here or we'll take care of you. So you will become the next head coach, you know, of the New England Patriots or whatever the case may be. Speaking of the Patriots, this is good news for Ohio State fans. Uh, Greg Sherano uh, announced today that he is not leaving Ohio State to take the D coordinator job for New England. So. Uh, that is uh, that's good news there, and, and there's the same scenario. Is there something in the works there with Ohio State and 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 Greg Serrano down the line? We don't know that. I'm just having fun here, but uh, it does tell you that you know here's a guy who you know thought he was going to land the Tennessee job, uh, had an had an agreement signed, and it was just a matter of working at the details. And 24 hours later, uh, same scenario happened. Tennessee leaves. Leaves uh, Shreno out on, on the uh, in the dust at the altar, and uh, decides to go in a different direction after they made that decision to uh, originally hire him. Yeah, that was a monstrous uh, mistake on their part. They're going to regret that in the future. Uh, their loss is Ohio State's gain. And uh, when I found out about Shreno possibly going to New England. I just said, oh, boy, that's just what we need as Buckeye fans to, um, you know, lose him and have to hunt down another coordinator, uh, you know, after we lost, you know, some guys for other jobs. Um, You know, one of them, Mr. Herman, is coaching down in Texas. So that was not good news. But, Tim, uh, that's new news to me. So I'm glad you just broke that to me. I'm very happy to hear that. And I, I think uh, the Buckeyes just flipping on them real quick with the recruiting class they've had this year and over the last few years, uh, I think uh, Ohio State's going to be back in the hunt. So I, I would love to see my two squads, Ohio State and Notre Dame, end up in a national championship. Oh, that would be fun. I knew no question about that. And it, it's, uh, I'm a, obviously a Buckeye through and through fan. Yeah, always 
uh, had Notre Dame as one of those secondary teams that you rooted for and cheer for. And uh, that goes back to my dad rooting for them and my brother and others over the years. And, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for people in Ohio to uh, have more than uh, just the Buckeyes as the favorite team and then have more, you know, a few other teams that they root for. And, and Notre Dame is one of them. I think we all uh, over the years have uh, really loved seeing uh, make a return to the uh, top 10 and hopefully uh, make a return to uh, maybe the playoffs and, and, um, and bring back some of that memories of, uh, of the glory days of Notre Dame under, uh, you know, uh, the, the legends that coached them in the past to, t- to championships. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, everybody knows my affiliation to that school and, my love to that football program. So uh, you're speaking, you're preaching the choir how much it would mean uh, to get back to uh, the nation's elite and to compete for national chances again. Um, I've only lived through really one really good season. Uh, Willingham and Weiss had years that looked really good, but turned out to be uh, flashes in the pan. So uh, hoping and praying that Coach Kelly can get the uh, program back to the nation's elite. And to one day uh, light up Grace Hall with the number one sign for a long time in regards to football. So uh, September 1st against that team up north can't get here uh, fast enough. Um, it'll be nice to whip up on Michigan again in prime time. Uh, as Michigan today had a terrible national signing day, garnering no top 100 recruits. That's I'm going to lose sleep over that tonight. It's going to break my heart. Uh, and the heat on Jim Harbaugh's seat gets a little bit warmer. Oh, yeah. Uh, with his, with his uh, flops against Michigan State and Ohio State. And if he starts with a bad national signing day and falls it up with a loss in South Bend, uh, his seat's going to get really warm, uh, Michigan fans are going to forget the, oh, he's our golden boy in the khaki pants, and they're going to be searching for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it looked so wonderful for Michigan that, you know, things things went south at at the 49ers organization. Obviously, there was butting of the heads, and, and, you know, there was no doubt he was doing a great job coaching. Obviously, he has issues getting along with people. Uh, when he took the job at Michigan, I got nervous myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Michigan man. He's who they warmly you'd expect to do well, but it just has not transferred into college football and winning for him. A lot of times you'll see college guys go to the pros and it doesn't work out, i.e. Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it just seems like it, it's not working out. And if, if, you know, they're not getting good recruits, then we all know uh, what's going to happen as the road, you know, comes a little shorter each year. They're able to compete with the big boys. And, um, you know, it's going to be a tough season, I think, for, for Michigan. And, um, you know, Ohio State, like I said, has had an amazing recruiting class for the last few years. They landed, I think, I saw 12 out of the top 100. This year, uh, recruits. My I understanding, know, uh, you know, those two rank them as Ohio State number two overall. I think it was Georgia number one this year, and those who rank, uh, you know, classes. I mean, obviously, 
you're going by a number of top 100 recruits or top 300 recruits, whatever they that that matrix is. However, you know, it's it's always great to get great talent and have that potential. It's also up now to the coaching staff and the players and the university to uh, nurture these uh, individuals into opportunities in the classroom and on the football field and to build into a football team that can win. We all know talent is one step, but it's, it's just one step of the, of the ingredients necessary for a winning football team. You have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the right coaching, it's not going to help. If you have all the talent in the world, but you lack the desire to play, it's not going to help. Mm-hmm. And you know all these things coming into factors, and that may be what is happening up north is that the uh, the players that they've gotten just don't have that same um, desire or a will to uh, do what's necessary to win at the highest level. I don't know. I mean, I don't worry about Michigan because, quite honestly, I'm an Ohio State fan. Yep. Uh, I do. I will say this. Uh, I think it is best for football, though. And college football in general, when Michigan is a top five team, the same with Ohio State, and same with Notre Dame, and same with USC and UCLA. Wow. You know, I know I'm naming more schools than five, but my point is, uh, the big traditional schools like Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, USC, UCLA, Texas, Texas, even you know, uh, throw the Florida's teams in. You know, on a biannual, you know, situation with Miami, Florida State, Florida, because you never know which one's going to win, you know, each year. But someone from Florida, the it, that's good for the for the nation. And it's good for uh, college football in general. But you know, I'm not going to worry about those other schools. I'm I'm going to continue to cheer for uh, you know Urban and, and the boys down in Columbus and and continue to watch them grow. Hey, Matt, uh, real quick. Uh, I, th- I think you may know this already, but uh, the Trumbull County Player of the Year has signed with the Youngstown State Penguins, and that is uh, Dre Rushton, and uh, supposedly going to be a running back. We'll wait and see exactly how they use him. But, uh, man, you and I were talking about that all season. What a great athlete, fun player to watch, dynamic with the ball in his hands. This could be one of those signings that we talk about uh, for the Penguins that's going to last in the next four years and maybe be the start of a, a run that you were a part of uh, in the early 90s. Yeah, I, I found out uh, actually last night uh, after my show, Mark and I were talking and he said, uh, did you hear the kid from Liberty that you had told me so much about might be going to, to YSU? I said, you mean Rushton? He said, yeah, I think that's his name. And then uh, today he texted me early this morning and said, hey, he signed with YSU, which put a smile on my face. And if he's getting recruited as a running back, like you just said, Tim, his ability to run and do what he does with the football is rare. People miss and he has uh, extremely good breakaway speed. And then you take a good coach like Polini, and then you take also the fact that he's just a kid right now. So in the next couple, two, three years, he's going to be turning into a man. And you look at it, he'll probably put on another 20, 25 pounds of lean muscle. 
So this kid can end up being one of those running backs through the white tradition that becomes, you know, just a legend. And that would be so great to have local kids be integral in that revival of the YSU run through the national championships because that's where YSU belongs, not happening what just did this past season. They belong in it. The, the talk every year, they need to be able to, you know, literally say our goal is the national championship and deep down below they're going to go. So with signees like him, uh, that's definitely something that's coming in. And Polini has proven that he is a great recruiter. He has his uh, tentacles, so to speak, spread out all over the, the uh, country. He's, he's been all around. He, he has coaches who recruit well out of the South. He obviously knows the Midwest and the Northeast. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Penguins do this year. But yeah, that's exciting for the area to keep that kid home. And uh, I can't wait to see what he blossoms into over the next couple of years. Yeah, it'll be great to have Jerry Lesson back home. Uh, we saw him a couple of games this year, and he looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think it's going back to what Trestle preached when you were a player, Matt, and getting recruited. Uh, that our first school, first and foremost, is recruiting the state of Youngstown. And Bo Pelini went out and recruited the state of Youngstown. And this kid could turn into a Jody Webb type back. And we all know the kind of player Jody Webb was. Uh, he took us on his shoulders uh, last season or uh, two years ago. And he carried us to an after transfer game. And, you know, I ran into a, a really good James Madison team. And um, so Russian joins the backfield of Turner and Tevin McCaster in it. And once again, it helps get you playmakers. Uh, you get playmakers. And then you get a coach that can put them in the right situation. And then you can have a quarterback that can hopefully stay healthy. Can we finally get some luck this year at that position just to stay healthy? And we and you got your makings of a team that can once again compete for a national championship. And like you said, there is no reason uh, we shouldn't be there each and every year. That's the goal of the players, the coaches, and the alums such as yourself and the fans such as Tim and I. Uh, it's it's you better compete for titles here. And we're not we're not Illinois State. We just don't want to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're Youngstown State. We want to compete for titles. So it's a big signing. Uh, it's a great class. And um, excited to see if uh, uh, Coach Pelini can't get us back in the playoffs this year, which I believe we will be. Yeah, it kind of happened this year. I mean, last year was just kind of one of those uh, – Frustrating seasons. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you just the injury bug took over. Uh, as you mentioned, the last few years at the quarterback position just can't seem to keep him healthy. Hopefully, that that trend will end, and uh, some of the new infusion of talent that's coming in as freshmen and those who are coming in as junior transfers uh, should be a huge part of this program moving forward. And hopefully, we'll see uh, the Penguins you know, back on the perch again. And uh, there's people talking about on a national level. And I think that's what we all want. And that's what I think Bo Pelini and the university desires too. So uh, I think today was a big step in that direction. So I'm, I'm actually excited. I've read a lot about the players they bring are bringing in. And uh, they're all seem to be uh, top notch. Like you mentioned, uh, the state of Youngstown is back. And uh I'm excited to see uh, 
Dre Rustin in a uh, on a YSU uniform making plays in the future for the Penguins. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be awesome. And, you know, pressure's on Coach Pelini. You know, he was in the national championship this past season. You know, we, like you just said, very disappointing, very frustrating. How many games at the beginning of the season that they have, they were so you know, a toothpick of a distance away from from having an undefeated beginning of the year. You know, they should have beat Pitt. They should have beat North Dakota State. And they should not have lost to, to South Dakota. Um, or I can't remember. Was it South yeah. Dakota? Yeah. Yeah, South Dakota. Yeah, so, um, you know, each one of those losses was very close. There were, there were questionable things that happened in the game. And, you know, with the North Dakota State, I believe that was with the kick, the field goal at the end of the game when Coach Bellini called the timeout and he made it. And then he kicked after it and he actually iced his own kicker and he uh, missed it. So, you know, a lot of, of shortcomings last year, but, uh, you know, you know, he and coach, I've always been impressed with him when he was at his, you know, out there uh, in Nebraska. You know, he had a nine and three record as a regular record that that was, I believe, his worst out there. And, uh, you know, their loss was our gain. They thought, uh, you know, grass was greener without him. Obviously, it wasn't. They're bringing Scott Frost in, who obviously knows what he's doing after what he did with UCF. Um, so Nebraska is going to be better. but. You know, yeah, Coach Tressel being the president of the university, everybody knows that Coach Tressel will give that program everything they need to be successful. And Coach Polini has an amazing, you know, person to lean on and, and ask, you know, questions if ever need be. And just in general of support from the president of the university, because a lot of times you'll see certain presidents at certain schools think that having uh, too much and, and they're, they're, you know, given too much louding from the fans and are, are praised too often when they believe school is being looked over secondarily. And Coach Trestle believes in education, as you said, education is important with being a good football program. So, uh, you know, Tress always believed, I mean, man, was he big on, on our grades and he was big on, on God, our family, our football family and getting our grades done and, uh, you know, just do the right thing. So um, I think this upcoming season, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to be out to prove to everybody that it wasn't a fluke two seasons ago that uh, they just had a run of bad luck last year. And, uh, you know, YSU was one of those few teams in FCS that are made for championships. That elite group in YSU is one of them. They just need to get back to it regularly. And getting recruits like Rushton and some of the other guys that went there this year definitely puts them on the road of getting there again. Couldn't say it better. I gotta love the uh, national signing day because you get excited about football. As football season ends with the NFL, we have the national signing day today, part two, and uh, some nice signings uh, for the Buckeyes and for the Penguins and for Notre Dame and others. So it was it was a good day to talk football. Real 
quickly here, guys. Let's end uh, tonight with just a thought here. I just want to get into the NBA real quick. Uh, obviously, the Cavaliers have been stumbling and falling apart here in the last uh, month. I think they were uh, six and eight in January, and they they actually won tonight in overtime, a one forty one thirty eight. Uh, giving up way too many points. And obviously the trading deadline is tomorrow, uh, February 8th. It'll be interesting to see. I have no clue what move they'll make, who will be uh, traded for, if anybody is. Uh, obviously this team has deficiencies, and it'll be interesting to see. How worried am I? I'm not cons- – I'm disappointed in the way they played. I, I have I've red flags up, but I'm not, like, waving them. And the reason for this is it's the NBA regular season, which to me is you just kind of wave through it. And anytime you have LeBron James on your team, you have an opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. I think, you know, the biggest concern for the Cleveland Cavaliers is this. You're fighting for one game, or I should say you're playing the entire year to play one series, and that's against the Warriors in the championship. In the, in the NBA Eastern Conference, I honestly don't think there's anyone better than the Cavaliers. I think there's teams playing better right now. But come playoffs in a seven-game series, I'll take LeBron James every time. And I honestly do believe that will make a, a difference in the in the level of play. However, uh, injuries have hurt the Cavs, and we'll have to wait and see what moves they, they may make and how this team is reshaped going forward. But uh, – on a concern level, on, on uh, ten being you know uh, the place is on fire, and one being it's you know you're it's cold outside. I'm I'm about a six point five on my concern level. I'm concerned, but I'm not overly concerned, simply because I honestly believe in the Eastern Eastern Conference, the Cavaliers could still win it and end up facing the the Warriors in the championship game. The only thing that scares me though is if the Cavs do end up winning the East. They're probably the fifth or sixth best team in the NBA because the other four teams are in the in the West. And is this fifth or sixth best team in the NBA going to be able to beat the Warriors? And my think my thought is probably not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's um, you know, I think the biggest thing the Cavaliers have to get under control is is one of two things. I do think Isaiah Thomas is right to the extent. Uh, when adversity strikes, they don't respond very well. Uh, for a team with this much talent, they tend to get blown out a lot lately. Um, last night's loss to Orlando is concerning. When you're up 21 without uh, Orlando's two best players and you lose by 16 or 17. Um, and their defense effort just has to get better. They have to get better on the defensive end. Uh, if they don't get better defensively, they're not going to beat Golden State like you – like you said, Tim, and they probably won't beat Oklahoma City or Houston if they were to play those guys. Um, I do think the Cavaliers will make a move. Um, it could be one of the guys they've talked about, George Hill, Rodney Hood, uh, even DeAndre Jordan or Kobe Altman could surprise us and go get somebody totally off the radar um, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, Kemba Walk would be a intriguing piece at the Cavs. Um, but if they're not on the same page playing defense together, uh, then it's going to be a uphill climb. I'm not doing, I think you're right, Tim. It's, you know, it's, it's February 7th. 
This team's been to, what, three straight NBA finals. So it's kind of old hat, boring to them. I know they should be motivated and irritated, and and they are. Um, you know, uh, this team could totally turn it around in a month and go win 20 of 25 games, and we'll all sit back and be like, oh, well, that little stretch in January and February was just a blip on the radar. So it's not time to push the panic button and sound all the alarms and send out nuclear missile threats that are real. Uh, but it's time to raise a little bit of the red flag. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm about a seven, Tim. Um, I, I also season have been saying, you know, we have a long season, calm down people, but it's very much comparable to baseball where you have a very long season. You play a lot of games, but there's been more negative over the last few months. And it just seems like, in the past, if they had these skids where they weren't doing well, you kind of, you could depend on them just like you said, Anthony, need to get angry. Well, and they'd start playing really well and, and knocking off win, 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 win. That's not happening right now. And there is a lot of disarray in that locker room. And, and there's a, maybe a lot of content in that, you know, that locker room or, or contempt, I'm sorry. And, uh, I'm a little worried. I'm about a seven, like out of 10. And, you know, the thing that scares me as well is like you guys alluded to, you know, they, it's not like last year or the year before where they're so far ahead, everybody in the East that they just basically are pretty sure they'll make it through the playoffs and end up, you know, seeing the Warriors again. Um, you know, Boston's playing much better than they are right now. A couple other teams in the East, so I, I need to see them show us, obviously, that they can't get mad like they used to and start rattling them off. Because if you don't start getting polished now, because we are getting at that time of the year of you need to be showing everybody basically who you really are. And right now they are a non-defensively uh, kind of marked team. So uh, I, I hope they pick it up because they might not even end up having to worry about Golden State this year. So I, I that would be an ultimate disappointment to have a team with LeBron James, not the best basketball player in the world, um, and, and not make it to the finals. And, you know, if they make it to the finals, uh, unless they really finish the season on fire, uh, I don't think there will be much of a, of a challenge for Golden State to end up winning again. It'll be a little bit like last year. So, um, you know, I still have faith in them. Like you said, Tim, you know, I'll, I'll take LeBron James any day of the week. Uh, but I, I just I'm getting worried that he hasn't, you know, turned that, that car around, so to speak, and have them back on the road the right way. So I hope they do, because uh, I, I do not want to watch uh, any NBA Finals without the Cavs. And that's probably going to be true throughout the nation, because let's face it, you want to see the best players, and Steph and, and obviously LeBron are the two marquee players in the NBA right now, and everybody wants to see them in the Finals again, you know, for uh, part four of their the continuing battle for the NBA championship. I definitely say this. You can see the difference in the Cavaliers this year because they don't have Kyrie. 
and what he brought to this mm-hmm. team throughout the years. Um, obviously, the chemistry with the with the Cavaliers is not the same this year. They lack some of that leadership on the court. Obviously, injuries have played a huge role in the Cavaliers. Obviously, with Kevin Love going down, actually having his best season ever with the Cavaliers. Uh, uh, D. Rose not being able to play early, just coming back now. You know, at one point thinking about retirement. Uh, D. Wade, you know, at this stage of his career, willing to sacrifice to come off the bench instead of being a starter that he has been his entire life. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where this team goes and what moves they make. There's no question about it. Uh, defense wins championships in all sports, as everybody knows. Uh, the Cavaliers' defense is, defensive woes is a big concern. Uh, I am concerned that they, they can't seem to find the right attitude on that. Uh, part of it is talent. Part of it is matchups. And part of it is philosophy on how they play. So... I think uh, when you get down to it, they're going to have to look at this as an org- organizational move. Uh, I think losing Griff uh, as GM this past offseason was a huge mistake, and uh, we'll see what Cody Altman can do. It's going to be difficult. I mean, he's under the gun. He inherited a team that you know won a championship two years ago, went to three straight NBA finals. It's going to be, you know, the world's going to be looking to, to this young man who's 35 years old thrown into this scenario and uh, see what he can prove as a GM. And it's not easy when you're dealing with NBA uh, size egos and players. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to see what happens long term. I am concerned defensively. We'll see what they can do. But uh, it, it is what it is. Right now, I still say. Uh, Boston may be the best playing team in the NBA in the, in the East right now. Uh, obviously, you know, you can look at a few other teams that are playing well, but again, I'll, I just, I'll say it again. Maybe they could flip that switch, uh, come playoff time. And, uh, if I have LeBron James, I'll go with that every time. Hey guys, we're just about out of time. Uh, Anthony, I'm going to give you your last thoughts and same with Matt. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this baby up. Yeah, just, uh, it's good to finally get back recording after a work stretch there that's actually uh, hectic. Uh, should be slowing down here soon. Uh, vacation three weeks away, and uh, baseball season is less than a week away, so I can't wait. Uh, you know, on the flip side for me, I uh, depressingly did my last uh, show last night for Just Football with Matt Emsch. Um, I will be back earlier than last year, though. I'm going to start up in around spring football. So, uh, you know, uh, that's something I'm going to have to get used to for a while. But uh, that gives me more time to uh, focus on some other things. I'd also, you know, like to do this more regularly with you guys so that I can get my my fix of, you know, discussing sports and, and doing that. Uh, I will be on uh, with Mark Means every once in a while through the through the year, but um, you know it's that time of the year when you specialize in football. You know it slows down, um, but you know it's it's going to be cool. I think in a, in a couple of years to see we find out the XFL is coming back, so you'll basically have football year round when they come back. 
So, well, you know what's um, great about a podcast, man, is that we make up our own rules. So, uh, in the process, we could talk football 24 7, seven days a week if we wanted to. Uh, obviously, we're going to bring you along on the baseball season and the basketball season coming to an end. And uh, I know Anthony uh, enjoys your, your company too. And uh, I look forward to the fall when you and I get back in the booth uh, next year. Uh, hopefully everything will work out again this year where you and I uh, can uh, continue our partnership and, and grow on it and look forward to uh, the high school football season. My basketball season is quickly winding down. I got my last regular season broadcast tomorrow night uh, on WKST in Newcastle. And uh, the WPIL playoffs will be coming soon. So I'll we'll have that. And then... You know, we will be uh, continuing to working the three of us and hopefully uh, add James uh, Dotson from my basketball uh, crew onto the podcast. And we'll, uh, we'll have some fun this summer as we got the NFL draft coming up. We got baseball season just about to begin in a week here, Anthony. Yes. As pitchers and catchers report, you and I will have a great time talking baseball. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot going on all year long in the world of sports is what I'm trying to say. And here on Radio MVP, we're going to continue to uh, talk about it all and get off subject and uh, improvise some things. And, uh, you know, I will always talk about some of the stuff going on uh, when I see some some stuff that irritates me. So uh, mm-hmm. you, you know that that will come your way too. So as uh, Anthony has found out, as we've been, we've been doing this about nine months now, uh, sometimes stuff gets under my crawl and I just have to speak. Has it 11 been 11 months, months now? Was that it in is, March? Yeah. yeah. Was it March we started? Wow. Around St. Patrick's Day, yeah. We're, we're closing it on a year. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quickly, I have some one-on-one interviews coming up here for uh, my podcasting. Uh, I'm going to have a few people who locally are uh, running for either judge or uh, state senator or state uh, representatives, and I hope to have Joe Schiavone on too. So we got a lot of that coming your way. Plus, we're going to get into more sports, uh, obviously, on this podcast and others. So stay tuned, and it's going to be a great time. So for Matt, you can find him at EMP7172 on Twitter. Anthony is ACAP17 on Instagram. I am Tim Cotton on all social media. And we will see you very soon here on Radio NV. Good night, everyone.